welcome back, everybody, to the Stadium Journey Podcast. Thanks for listening. First off, before I get started with my spiel, I apologize for my voice. It's kind of going in and out. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's a mystery. So check out our website. Oh, it's Halloween. As we're recording this, it's Halloween, by the way. So thanks, Dan. <laughs> check out our website, stadiumjourney.com. We are the world's leader in sports travel information. We've got reviews of over 2,500 stadiums from around the world all in one place at your fingertips uh check us out on social media we are on facebook twitter instagram youtube and threads uh the handle is at stadium journey like share and follow to find episodes of the stadium journey podcast simply type in h-i-a-c talk radio network wherever you look for your favorite podcast we will be there uh if you're looking to uh, watch this the podcast go to our youtube channel stadium journey once again if you want to be part of our studio audience, join us every other Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern at danlaw.tv. Mm-hmm. Hey, the gang's here, all here tonight. Dave Cotney's with us. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez can be found at the ballpark, at Ballpark Hunter, not the Ballpark Hunter. He is the Ballpark Hunter, but find him at Ballpark Hunter, just to mm-hmm. clarify things. The above average comedian, Dan Calachico's here. Follow him at danlaw 83 and I am Paul Baker. You can follow me at Puckman R.I. All right, so tonight's show, we have had some people on the show who are doing some unique things with college football, like trying to visit all the FBS football stadiums. But did you know there is a whole, another whole level of Division One football out there? And some of the stadiums that those teams play in, they are more historic and more impressive than anything you're going to find in the FBS. And to boot, they play a real championship tournament, not this 14 pretend little thing that everybody likes to think <laughs> is the playoffs. So, uh, joining us tonight to talk about the stadiums of the FCS, the championship division, is our friend and Stadium Journey correspondent, Lloyd Brown. Lloyd, welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me back. Hey, so before we start, um, I want to give a, a public shout out to Lloyd because Lloyd is like our Swiss Army knife at Stadium Journey, man. When we yeah. have... When we have a quest, and you know what, Lloyd, sometimes you take these on yourself, these crazy journeys on yourself. We've had Lloyd on talking about joining Club 124, which he is a member of. Um, this year, Lloyd took it upon himself to fill in all the gaps we had in our FCS, FCS coverage. So you have gone to some out-of-the-way places this year, Lloyd, have you not? I have been to Montana, uh, Minnesota, uh, Louisiana, Go to Alabama this weekend. Uh, let's see. I go to Utah in late November. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm putting smiles on it. <laughs> yeah, that that is not a very convenient road trip at all. No, airlines are glad to have me though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we are going to talk about the FCS. Um, so, Lloyd, um, counting the ones you've been to this year. How many FCS uh, stadiums have you been to? Oh, probably around 40 over the years. Okay, I mean, so... obviously, since since Labor Day, I've been gone every week. So, you know, I've done yeah. about nine so far this year. Nice. But I'd say over the years, you know, about 40, because a lot of them are in my area, my southeastern area, uh, the Southern Conference. Uh, they're as close as Macon. There's some several that are over in Alabama, so it's a lot of them are very convenient to where I live. 
So they're not all flights. There a lot of them are drives. Nice. So between between uh the panel here, I think we're gonna have a good good half of the FCS covered. I mean, I've done the whole New England area plus a couple in New York State. Mark, how about you? Have you been to a few uh, FCS? Oh yeah, it was uh, Saluki Stadium, Butler. Uh, yeah, I, I think I made a list. I think I've been to about ten of them. Is uh like Ball State and nice. No, is Ball, Ball State, State FCS? is FBS? That's FBS. Never mind. But yeah, Butler, Saluki's, Indiana State Memorial Stadium. Oh God, a lot of the <laughs> Illinois ones. A lot of the Illinois, Western yeah. Illinois, Eastern Illinois. <laughs> uh, I went to one uh, where Roma went to. I guess that's Eastern Illinois. That was a few years ago. That's about a two and a half hour drive for me. Yeah, I think I think I did a count. I think there was ten that I've been to. All right, so 40, 50, yeah. 65. Yeah, Salukis. About... But yeah, I, I went to the Salukis this year. That was the one stadium that had uh, had not been visited since about twenty twelve. So nice. got that out of the way. Dave, have you dropped down to any of the FCS uh, stadiums? No, you're you're on there. Zero, zero. Uh, oh, Princeton, hey, you know Princeton's one. That's yeah, yeah. Princess was absolutely <laughs> so. Um, between us, we got about half. Because Lloyd, how many are there? Do you know off the top of your head? There's about a hundred. There's 128. All right, so yeah, so and we're, we're about halfway. 129 now. next year. <laughs> nice. So um, we'll have to go back out again. <laughs> Actually, we won't because uh, David Welch went and did the University of West Georgia, which is over in Carrollton, mm. and so we will have that one before it even joins the FCS. Oh, man, I might, not count. I might still have to get out there. Oh, Valpo? <laughs> Been to Valpo? Okay, yeah, this, this list keeps right. growing. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, should we start our uh, conversation by by highlighting the differences? Oh, Eastern Kentucky, F- Western, yeah. Okay. Yes, Dan. Uh, the, other, the other Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd Rothwell said, good day, everyone. Nice to see my friend and all-around good bloke, Lloyd Brown, back on. Hey, Lloyd, thanks for joining us all the way from Australia. Is it possible no. to be a good bloke? I thought that was an insult to be a bloke. A bloke is a bad thing? <laughs> I don't is know. A bloke a bad thing? I don't. Lloyd, is a bloke a bad thing? Get it, get on that, Rothwell. Is a bloke a bad thing? Yeah, Ro- well, Rothwell, I, I need to know, man. He, of course he's going to say no because he's not going to. Yes, I, I, I don't just think it's a bad thing. Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a good bad. <laughs> I, think, I think you could do both on that one. That, that sounds Australian. You're, you're yeah. good and bad. I don't know. Anyway, it's a good thing. He said it's a good okay. thing. Okay. He said it's a good thing. Okay. Well, uh, Mr. Koch, Koch also said I've been to 16 FCS venues, although one of them, James Madison, is now FBS. Nobody asked yeah. you, Gregory. Well, well Gregory, why are you on the panel, man? Oh, don't mean. Right, anyway, don't be mean. Okay. Don't be mean anyway to back listener. on topic. Dave, keep us on topic. That's your job in this panel. All right. Um, what are the differences between the FBS Dies. and the FBS? Okay, well, first of all, FCS stands for football championship sub uh, ah. subdivision. Subdivision. Ah. Rush song. Okay, and basically, what we're talking about it is a division one level uh, pro- program. Number one, it's not division two or division three. It is at the same level as far as division one. Uh, but it's one step down from the FBS stadium. So really what we're usually talking about is a much smaller school. Uh, Some of these are church schools. There are some state schools that are involved, uh, but they're in smaller markets like South Dakota, uh, Montana, Idaho, those types of areas. Um, 
And it really does have a real good geographic spread. Now, I guess really uh, one of the main things has to do uh, with the area of finances, uh, number one. Now, a lot of people have thought that FCS doesn't give scholarships, and they actually do do scholarships. Uh, they're probably at a, a smaller level of scholarships as far as number of scholarships, but the only, uh, the only league that doesn't do the athletic scholarships is the Ivy League. So the other, then, then there's another league because of financial situations, uh, and it's called the Pioneer League. And the Pioneer League are usually some of the newer schools, the ones that don't have the deep pockets, and those schools are all in the same league because they don't offer scholarships. So it's more, you know, a, a comparative set of teams that they're playing against. Now, the, I would say the main difference as far as towards the end of the season is that there is a playoff system in place. Mm. And they do a 24-team playoff, okay? Those would be league champions, and then they also have some at-large uh, for teams that don't win their uh, league, but maybe nine and two. They may have only lost to the team that won their division. Uh, and so they do a 24 team uh, tournament, and that starts actually on Thanksgiving weekend. So as soon as, you know, we're only really about three weeks away from them being into their playoffs. Their finals are held in January. Yeah. Oh, go ahead and finish your thought first. Well, the finals uh, are held down in Texas, and they're held at the home of the Dallas FC soccer program. Uh, and so that has been down there for about the last three or four years. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's relatively that new. There yeah. is that there has been a history in the past with the FCS of one of the teams that's playing in the championship playing on their home field. And so they felt like that was an unfair advantage. So by going to a, a soccer stadium that none of the football teams are based at, that allows them to, you know, be an even field for both both sides yeah it's been it's been held in frisco texas for the last few years yes but before then it was it was yeah well like you said it was a home field advantage i have had the good fortune to go to an fcs playoff game at the university of new hampshire uh football stadium that seats about nine thousand ten thousand people and i think there was actually sixteen thousand people there for this game it was an incredible atmosphere a lot of fun. So yeah, they've they've had it a uh, Georgia well Georgia Southern when they were in FCS school. Two of their three national championships, they played on their home field. <laughs> so uh, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga has hosted several years, uh, and then they've had some. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other locations have been, but um, as far as uh, you know that that is held in uh, January of each year and uh, is really well attended. Really, uh, it's a big party. Uh, it's not like the Super Bowl. You don't necessarily have to have a rooting interest in the two teams because the party is really why people go. So uh, you know, it's a pretty pretty wild situation down there. So, so that would be you know the main situations that do make it different from the FBS. Now, uh, there are a couple of leagues that do not participate uh, in the uh, FCS playoffs, and those would be the Middle East 
Athletic Conference and also the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And those are the two HBCU conferences that are in the FCS. The reason why they don't take part in the regular playoff system is that they're tied in with the Celebration Bowl. The Celebration Bowl is basically the Super Bowl for the HBCUs. Oh, it's nice. held here in Atlanta each year, and it's in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So you have the champion from the MEAC, which is the Atlantic, basically along the Atlantic seaboard up to Virginia. Uh, and then you have the SWAC, which is along the Gulf Coast, are the two conferences. The champion of each of those two leagues plays in the Celebration Bowl. Like, we don't need you guys. we got our own game. And then the Ivy League doesn't play any kind of postseason play because yeah, of academics. They're jerks. Snooty, <laughs> snooty, snooty. What you got, Dave? Uh, so uh, all of I mean, all those differences and, and like I'm I'm totally coming from ignorance here. So I'm I'm the I'm the cynic. You're going to have to you're going to have to sell me today. Um, so I think it's fair to say that that the differences between a, an FCS experience, like from a fan's perspective, and let's say like a power five school is it's pretty obvious, right? You know, like the difference between Georgia and Alabama or versus like Grambling is going to be pretty massive. Right. But I think right. that that the experiences and, I, and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, but they would probably be similar to like a group of five. So schools like that are in the Mac, like Central Michigan or, you know, Buffalo or, or Western Michigan, Ball State, whatever. So as a fan... Why can I not say Ball State without giggling? Hit <laughs> ball. Uh, they, I didn't say Ball State. Because I am very immature, that's why. I didn't even giggle there ball. when you said Ball State. Um, but as a fan, like, how is a, going to an FB, FCS game going to be different than, like, a MAC game or a, a Sun Belt game or something like that? Okay. Well, obviously, as you said, size, size makes a difference. Uh now, there are some big stadiums, uh, the, such as uh, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Tech. I'm sorry, Tennessee State plays in the stadium that the uh, Nashville foot NFL team plays in. Uh, you also have the Yale Bowl, which seats, seats 61,000. Now, I'm not sure how long it's been since Yale's drawn 61,000 people to their stadium. Only when Harvard's there. And then we also have Jackson State, which when Dion was there, that seats over 60,000 people, and they did fill it when Dion was there. Now, I'm not sure, you know, how many people it's going to draw this year, but uh, there are some bigger stadiums, but I would say the average stadium in the FCS level is going to be, and I'll, I'll say at the upper range, 15 to 20,000 seats okay there are a lot of them they go down as low as 2,000 seats in an fcs stadium uh for instance uh if you're familiar with pittsburgh duquesne uh they're the one that has a 2,000 seat stadium why because it's on top of a cliff in downtown Got a pittsburgh. pretty cool setting at duquesne though it is it's a very unique setting no stands on one side of the field the other side is where the stands are, but that's also the cliff side of the field. 
And so, and it's got academic buildings on each side of the, of the uh, stadium. So it's a very, very unique setting. Um, you know, at the other range, you know, again, you have some of the state schools. You've got some of the Sacramento states. Sacramento State, by the way, beat Stanford this year. Uh, so there are situations where FCS schools do play a bigger school and actually win the games. Uh, so part of it, of course, is size, number of people that attend the game. Where I think it does compare to some of the bigger schools is the tradition. Uh, these schools have a lot of tradition. A lot of these programs have been going from 1900s, uh, 1895. So they have a long history of tradition. As you said, y'all, you know, everybody's been to some of them. And I think you would agree that Ivy League schools have a lot of tradition tied in with their games. Well, let, okay. let's talk about some Ivy League and, and some tradition because FCS, one FCS school in particular is really responsible for the game of football being played the way it is today because uh, back around the turn of the century, I'm not talking 2000, I'm talking 1900. Uh, football is considered a very violent sport and actually there were some deaths on the field and the powers that be were deciding, well, how can we make this game a little safer so it just doesn't get outlawed altogether? And uh, they meant they were considering a whole lot of different rule changes, and one of them was making the field bigger. But who was one of the biggest powers in college football at the time? Harvard. Now, if you've ever seen Harvard Stadium, it's a giant concrete horseshoe. It was the first uh, reinforced concrete stadium ever built. And uh, obviously, because, you know, you got a big concrete horseshoe, you're not going to be able to uh, expand the field inside that horseshoe without tearing the whole thing down. So Harvard being the power, one of the powers in the sport at the time, said, nope, we're not wide in the field. And so instead of taking that rule change, they decided to adopt the forward pass, which really made football less like rugby and more like the game we all enjoy today. So you can thank an FCS school for that. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I went to a couple of homecoming games this year and, you know, they do the floats, they have the concerts, they have the cheerleaders and, you know, yes, it's at a smaller scale, but it's still a lot of really deep tradition within those schools. Um, it's kind of interesting. You had mentioned, you know, as far as age of some of the stadiums and, and how old Harvard is. Uh, just was looking up, there are eight stadiums in the FCS that are 100 years old or more. Okay. Eight. By the same token, there are 11 new stadiums since 2010 in the FCS. So, they're, you know, they have new things coming aboard. Like I was at Davidson uh, for a football game. Their stadium's 100 years old. Next year, they move into a brand new stadium. Now, you may wonder about that because how many people do you think go to Davidson College? You could put the entire school in about two sections. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. like 5,000. Nope, 2,000. 2,500 students at the school. When, uh, but when Davidson was in the... Uh, basketball? In the basketball, when they when Steph Curry was there, they actually offered every student travel and tickets 
to go to the the Elite Eight Sweet Sixteen games, which were in Detroit. So you take the football yeah, team out of Davidson great. and you decrease their enrollment by ten percent. <laughs> it's a very academic school, but it it has a lot of tradition. It's a lovely little campus. It's just north of Charlotte. And so it's, and I'm really looking forward to going back next year and seeing the new stadium. So um, did you know, Lord, you were talking about some of the old stadiums. I think there are only four football stadiums in the country that are designated as national historic landmarks. Do you know what anybody in the panel want to guess the four? I would guess they're up in your area of the country. Yale Bowl would be. <laughs> no, only, only two. Yes, Our Yale Bowl. Yale Bowl. Because the Yale Bowl influenced the design of a lot of other stadiums, like Michigan Stadium. Was modeled after Penn, the Yale Bowl. Franklin Field? No. Harvard? Harvard. Harvard and uh, Yale. The other two are other side of the country. Stanford. The other two are FBS schools. Oh, okay. Ro Rose Bowl and the Los Angeles Coliseum. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, Yale Bowl. Wow, Franklin Rose Field, is, isn't that the oldest <gasps> stadium? I don't know, maybe. Franklin Fields, 1895. Yeah. Wow, but, how um, is that not this? The Yale you think it's a pretty simple design, but it was revolutionary. What they did is they just dug a big hole in the ground, took the dirt out of the hole, and packed up all the stands, built the stands right on the hill. But that's how they designed uh, Michigan, uh, Stanford. I think the Rose Bowl also. Was and the Romans. So, yeah, so. <laughs> so. Go figure. So that's why it's historic. Yeah. So. But, um, you know, I guess as far as the, the leagues, I really there's a, a really good geographic spread of the schools in the FCS. They really touch about every corner of the country. Uh, now, just up in, in the Northeast, you've got the Northeastern Conference. You've got the Patriot Conference. Uh, to some extent, you've got the Colonial Athletic Association. You've got the Ivy League schools. Uh, so really, there's a lot of nice, you know, pretty nice schools up in that area that have had long-time programs. You mentioned New Hampshire. New Hampshire's had a really good season this year. They uh, actually nice had a good run stadium. where they were in the tournament like 16 years in a row. So, yeah, they've got a yeah. good program. Yeah, there. I would say they probably are winning that conference again this year. So, Well, now that James um, Madison's out of it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, what's the difference between FCS and FBS? Well, when uh, James Madison was one of the latest ones that moved up. They've been up, I guess, three or four years now. Nowadays, if you want to move up, for instance, uh, Jacksonville State University in Alabama just moved up to the FBS level this year. Well, starting this year, Cost nine million dollars to move up. Number one, that's the fee to move up. Okay, you also have to guarantee an athletic budget of a certain level to support the program. Okay, so you're probably not going to see quite as many uh, teams moving up to FBS. Now, part of that, uh, the other part of that formula is, is that you're not eligible to win your conference or to go to a bowl game for the first five years, you move up. So think about it. Bowls are money games, okay? Your program's moving up. You're taking a $9 million hit just to move up. You've got to make sure your athletic budget's at a level to stay competitive, and you're not going to a bowl game. 
or you're not winning your conference championship. Because JMU, for instance, I think they've only lost one game if they've lost one this year, and they're not eligible. To yeah, go but is that, so, is that a punishment that you don't get to go to a bowl game? Because most schools lose money on bowl games. I guess it would depend on what level bowl. You know, yeah, if you're flying across the country or something and the travel expenses are high, you know, I don't know, you know, what level bowl a JMU would be going to. I mean, because, you know, they, of course, bowl games are looking for attendance. And, you know, how many... That's the big expense is to go yeah. to a bowl game. You have to have a guarantee. Uh, like the school is essentially responsible for purchasing whatever number of seats, a very significant number of seats, which is why if you're ever going to go to a bowl game, don't ever, ever, ever buy seats like right away when they're on sale. Wait, <laughs> and they'll That's go true. for like an eighth of the price. That's true. I think I went to a bowl game for like $15 last year. But I mean, there are schools that were former FCS schools. For instance, Appalachian State. Appalachian State has a huge following. I mean, yeah, you know, it's a smaller school. It's up in the mountains. But they have a huge alumni base, you know, and they're not used to going to like the big bowl games. And so if they get invited, they're probably going to turn out pretty well for those games. So anyway, it it isn't something you tread lightly, you know, trying to move up to FBS because there's a lot that goes along with it. Okay. Uh, now, you know, you talk about travel expenses. Well, think about it. If you're going to the playoffs in the FCS level, you find out the Sunday before Thanksgiving that you're going to the playoffs and where you're going to that playoff game. You're going okay? to North Dakota State. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, I mean, try to find flights to Fargo. <laughs> so, so it can be really costly because you're talking about a team on less than a week's notice on Thanksgiving weekend, traveling to another stadium. Okay. And that stadium, you know, now obviously in the early things, you're not even not talking about your your division winners or your league champions. These are probably the at-large teams that have been invited. For that first weekend, so so like they don't they don't do the the tur their tournament like the like Division two and Division three. The it's more of a regional. It's a truly regional thing. So if you make the division, <coughs> excuse me, Division three tournament, and you're a team from New England, you're playing another team from New England, New York, Pennsylvania. You're going to stay local. I think they try to do that as much as possible. But if you're an at large team, I don't know if you can do that. I mean, they might only have four at large games on that first weekend. And then the league winners would play whoever wins that first weekend. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's so, truly a national tournament. Right. Right. And so, you know, that's one of the things that's, that's a lot different as far as having the, the, the true playoff system. I don't think anybody can complain about it. Uh, saying that they didn't get invited. Now, that being said, you've got some conferences that tend to dominate <laughs> just like, you know, SEC and, you, you know, the Big Ten and so forth. Well, you've got what's called the Big Sky Conference, okay? Big Sky Conference, as you figure, Montana, South Dakota, uh, Montana State, Idaho, teams like that. And those teams are all power teams uh, within the league. Usually year in and year out, you're going to have teams from North Dakota, 
one or two teams from North Dakota, two teams from Montana, possibly two teams this year from South Dakota that are all going to go to the, the playoffs. Uh, so obviously you've got a situation uh, where there'll be a lot of weight, you know, to having games up in that area of the country. You don't want to be the one that has to travel to Texas to play a game. Uh, so have you been to any of those? Backyards. Have you been to any of those stadiums up there, Lloyd? Because those are some interesting places. I've been to the Fargo Dome. Fargo Dome. I've been to the Fargo Dome. I went this year to the Alurus Center, which is in Grand Forks, uh, North Dakota. It's an indoor stadium. Yep. Uh, obviously, the Fargo Dome's indoors. Uh, you also have one of the South Dakota stadiums is indoors. Okay, you, you kind of need it for stadiums <laughs> in the FCS. Yeah, you need it for those. <laughs> Uh, November, December games up in that area of the country. Absolutely. Well, just to give you an idea, there's six dome stadiums in the FCS. One's at South Dakota. One's at North Dakota State. One's at Idaho State. One's at Idaho. One's at Northern Iowa. And the last one is up in uh, in Arizona. It's up in the mountains. Uh, and so those all four are, are dome stadiums. Because obviously, once they get past October, they're probably talking a foot of snow or more. So there are a lot more indoor stadiums at this level, too, than you see in the FBS. So, but, uh, so anyway, like I say, the powers right now, I mean, right now, the team to beat is South Dakota State. Okay. And yes, I've been to South Dakota State. It's in Brookings, uh, South Dakota. Very nice stadium. It's only about five. Well, they tore down the old stadium, built the new stadium. It's about five years old right now. And it's extremely nice stadium. It's an outdoor stadium. And yes, I went right after August <laughs> to that stadium. Because I wouldn't get caught, you know, later on in the year having to do a, a cold weather stadium. So that would be one of the things. But right after that, you've got the North Dakota States. They're all like one through five. Uh, in that area. Now, there are some good teams in other areas of the country. Uh, for instance, they've uh, talked a lot about Holy Cross as a really good team this year. Uh, wow. That's one that I'm hearing game. a lot about. Uh, they started the strong, but they've fallen off. I'm sorry. Oh, they have? Okay. Yeah. But there, there's, there's Richmond has had some good teams. Yep. Uh, down in the south, you've got uh, – You've got Furman is doing extremely well this year. They seem to be the team to beat down in the Southern Conference. Uh, as far as the Southern Conference, I mean, the uh, the two HBCU conferences, it's probably still Jackson State or, or Florida A&M would be the two teams that are probably going to make the playoffs from that. Well, that would win that league. I'm not sure who's doing well. Uh, for the uh, Middle East Athletic Conference, the one that's up the Atlantic coast. I'm not sure who the power teams are there. Uh, but they're, you know, it, I would say also FCS football is a lot wide up, more wide open. You see a lot of high scores. It's not defensive duels <laughs> in the FCS. Dave, but, what you got? Yeah. Now, so one of the things that's really impacting the FCS this year that they're concerned about is like every other thing in college football, what's happening? The portal, okay? 
think about it. If you're the stud at an FCS school and you have the opportunity to go to an FBS school, are you going to think about it? More than likely, uh, because, you know, you may get more attention. You know, if the, you have an NIL situation where you can make money off yourself at those bigger schools. It's not that you don't have an NIL at a, at a smaller school. It's just they're in smaller markets. Well, it's a good thing for these kids because if they can make a name and make uh, an opportunity for themselves, then they can make some money. Right, right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it, it can hurt a power hurt program. The program. Absolutely. Like monopolizing the, the, you know, the, the league for years and years because they lose, you know, players yep. to, to the portal. Yes. So you mentioned a few times, you mentioned Jackson state mentioned Deion Sanders. Uh, of course, Deion Sanders, I think I want to say he was a coach at Jackson state for two years. Maybe three not very years. Long. Yeah, not very long. Not not yeah. a ton of time. And of course, now he's gone and he has uh the cat's meow in, in Colorado. Uh, do you think that Deion Sanders was good for FCS in the long run or bad for FCS? I wouldn't say he had that much impact on the FCS. I think on the HBCU level, they did definitely brought a lot of attention. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to be defensive about Dion because he was, you know, played in Atlanta, but but he helped upgrade their facilities hugely. I mean, he took a lot of money out of his pocket and helped pay for a large number of increases in the facilities at those schools. So, you know, Jackson State, very frankly, I think they've lost two games this season. One of his assistants stayed behind and, and is coaching it there. And I think, I know they've lost to Florida A&M, and I'm not sure who their other loss was to. So they're still a good team. Um, now, I actually went to the Celebration Bowl last year, and Dion, both years that they went to the Celebration Bowl, that he was there, they went both years, they lost both years. So, you know, he, he was very successful in bringing attention to, and I think that's helped him, the exposure. Uh, you know, you had the college game day come to a Jackson State game, and I think that was great exposure for the school. So I think it would be much more so to those conferences than it would be to the FCS as a whole. Let's talk a little bit about the HBCU schools, because that is a different experience altogether than a lot of the other places we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking small towns. They're not necessarily even in a a town that has a TV market. (laughs) So uh, because, you know, you get to some of the state schools, they might be in in a small town, you know, that's 100 miles from a TV market. So, you know, getting that type of exposure is a little bit harder for them. I know our correspondent, uh, Richard Smith, is a huge fan of the HBCU experience going to games there. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, I mean, down here, I mean, it's it's a lot more. I mean, we have a lot of HBCU schools here in Atlanta. They're not necessarily the football teams, uh, but we do have a lot of HBCU. So there's a lot of alumni that live in Atlanta. And they're very interested in the Florida states and the North Carolina A&T and those type of stadiums. So, um, so there is a good following down in the South uh, for them. I mean, they're predominantly Southern schools. Yeah. The now, experience you have is... Howard. You've got Howard. 
uh, as HBCU, obviously. Now, it's not in one of those two conferences. I'm not sure what conference it's in. Do you know? Howard, off the top of my head, though. No. I don't know if it's in the colonial. Colonials like Virginia, Maryland, that kind of area yeah. of the state. Howard's well, in D.C., isn't it? Howard's in D.C., but. Yeah. Oh, it's in D.C., but I'm just saying the conference. The conference stretches up all the way into New England from Virginia, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm talking about the game day experience at the HBCU schools is a little different than some of the other. Oh ones. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I can testify that the the barbecues and the pregame tailgating is is unbelievable. Okay, obviously, you have bands that are unbelievable. I will, you know, I will tell you, you know, it's not unusual you go to an HBCU game and people leave after halftime. <laughs> They're there to see the band. Right. <laughs> no offense to their team, but they're there to see the band and for a good reason. I mean, they're just some spectacular. I've gone been to Alabama State, Southern. Uh, you know, it's the, the Southern has the, the, the boom box of the South. Is the name of their, their, and they all have elaborate names. I can't even remember half of the names, but uh, great, great experience. So, Howard now, is in the, you know, in the MIAC. Yeah. The Howard's MIAC in... would be South Carolina State, uh, Norfolk State. Um, it may include Howard. I'm not sure. Most of them are state schools. No, I just looked um, it up. They are in the MIAC. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have not gone to a lot of MEAC games only for the reason that we have a lot of correspondence in Virginia. I'm sure Gregory has probably been to some of them. Uh, and we have a lot of folks up in North Carolina that go to games. So they, they probably have covered those games. Oh yeah. My yeah, focus is really folks, trying yeah. to go places we haven't been, <laughs> been in 20 years or we've never done before. So, so let's talk about some of the places you've been to Lloyd. Okay. What are some that stand out to you? Uh, well, I started out uh, with Montana State University, and uh, it is in Bozeman. And they have this stampede thing that they do when the team comes out on the field. I mean, it, it is like the rodeo show is starting. You've got people riding out on horses with banners and the team charges out behind them, the band's on either side of them, and it's a terrific introduction to the team. I mean, it's really thrilling. They call it the Stampede. Um, they also, uh, South Dakota State University uh, has got a lot of traditions like that. They have huge bands uh, that are really good, and so that's one I've been interested in. Uh, the tailgating up there is really good too. Now, you know, I, the tailgates I went to up in North Dakota, South Dakota, it was obviously August and September. I, I went at those tailgates in, you know, late November. Uh, so I'm not sure how, how those might've been scaled back by the end of the season, but, uh, they really have some exciting things. Now, one of the things I just wanted to mention, um, is, they really have a strong network. Uh, they have what's called FB, FCS Fans Nation, okay? And their podcast, they have a national podcast, 
They have a podcast for each league or conference. They have podcasts for each team in the in the league. And so it is a real network of, you know, and I tell you, they, they are, they are uh, the fans in the FCS are just as rabid as they are in the SEC. I mean, when I get on their Facebook pages, I mean, they're just going at each other like everything. And so, you know, their fan bases are extremely loyal. Uh, you know, because what are you going to do after football season in some of those areas? You know, you're, you're probably not coming out of your house for six months <laughs> because of the weather. So, you know, the seasons, you know, are really a highlight, you know, of the fall uh, for those areas. So it's extremely loyal fan bases. Now, um, as far as some of the other stadiums, I guess one of the other ones that I liked a lot uh, was out in Utah, and um, that was over, um, oh gosh, not Provo. Oh, if you hadn't asked me, I would have known it. Uh, the thing that's remarkable about that stadium is it faces this cliff. Well, this cliff, the sun hits that cliff as the sun sets, and it's just all these minerals, I guess, that are in the in that, that hill, and it just puts the most dramatic colors, pinks and purples and all. And the other side of the stadium, you've got the Great Salt Lake is beyond it. And so it's a really natural setting uh, for the for the school. And so that one is, is another one I thought of as far as the scenery. Uh, now, you know, let's see, I was trying to think of other ones that were Interesting. Uh, East Tennessee State is one of the newer stadiums. It's only about four years old. Uh, it's up in Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, and if you've ever been to some of the league, I know Mark's been right I'm down to Johnson City because he was uh, came down uh, to do the the uh, college woodback league in Johnson City. The Cardinal. Well, they were the Cardinals. They were the Doughboys. The Doughboys. Yes. And that's right down the street, you know, from, from East Tennessee yeah, State University. <laughs> Actually, that's their baseball field, too. So, same playing the same field as, as, they do? as the Cowboys do. Oh, wow. So, okay. So, those are some really, you know, nice natural settings as far as the uh, schools. Uh, like I say, I mean, there's West Coast schools. There's Cal Poly. There's uh, Sacramento State. Uh Let's see, UC Davis. Uh, they've got some schools in Arizona, uh, and there's two in Utah. So there's, you know, a good spread of the geographically throughout the country for them. But um, one of the things, you know, Dave was asking as far as the difference, you know, between FCS, FBS, I just wanted to give you an idea of some of the people who played in an FCS school, okay? And see if you've heard of any of these. Uh, Michael Strahan, Carson oh, Wentz, never heard of him. Bill Sims, Roma, yep, Tony Roma, State, Eastern Steve Owen. McNair, Cooper <laughs> Cup, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Murray, Adam Thierry. I, I believe Murray, he played yeah. in your neck of the woods, Marshall. didn't he, Paul? <laughs> Not in college, he was uh, one of the Dakota schools, but yeah. Oh, I know that's what I'm saying. Uh, oh, Jim okay. Garoppolo, Jerry Rice. Kurt Warner, all of those players Northern play Iowa. for an FCS school. So, you know, there's that's a who's who of, of a lot of NFL players. Art Scott. 
We're always yeah, I'm always telling people don't trip. sleep on D three. <laughs> Magnify that a hundred times for for the FCS. How about you, Mark? You've been to a few uh, FCS stadiums. Any of them stand out to you? Yeah, went to uh, the Saluki Saluki Stadium. What I noticed there is that they actually get fans. I mean, it's. Um, I went to Indiana State. That's an FC, FCS school, and no one went to Memorial Stadium to see the Sycamores because we were terrible. And there was one year that they made the playoffs, and we got all excited. That was a few years ago. Uh, but, yeah, we always kind of look down at FCS because of our stadium. But, no, you go to Saluki's, uh, Youngstown State at the time was a really nice venue, and you're tailgating. You have these traditions with the band and the, the players marching onto the field. Uh, there is something called King Tut's Tomb, which initially was for the burial spot for the original dog mascot. They moved it over. I think they kept the remains at the old site. Uh, but yeah, there's just tradition where you touch this uh, this tomb and they have statues of the Saluki. So, you know, it looks like an actual football stadium because you know, like where I went to school, it looked like a glorified high school field. Same with Valparaiso. Uh, another uh, high school-looking stadium is Moorhead State, where Phil Sims quarterbacked. But if you go there during this time of year, you see the nice colors of the leaves in the mountains, which really, really makes it picturesque. And it's a small little town. They're getting some nice places down there to visit before or after the game. And that really kind of takes you back home. I, I would say a lot of the FCC schools that I went to, and that includes Princeton uh, several years ago, uh, both stadiums, the old one and the new one. And then, of course, uh, I want right. to say they, Eastern, just made, they just made a new one. I'm sorry. Eastern Kentucky. You know, they have one of these late 60s, early 70s stadiums mm -hmm. that hasn't changed. If you walk inside the stadium's uh, concourse, it's also there to house uh, – college uh classes and there's there's rooms and buildings and it's just a very late 60s early 70s vibe so yeah a lot of the stadiums are unique they all stand out you can get the sense that they're they're smaller schools you're you're not attending an iu game or purdue or notre dame or or even maybe a ball state uh from where i am or ohio state but yeah you certain spots you know you can definitely say hey this is this is treated you know just just like the big boys uh well, definitely say too, southern I illinois mean, up there the percentage of stadiums that are on campus is much higher in the fcs than the fbs but just because you can't you know space is expensive on a college campus you yeah. know if you're expanding your academics and all that it's hard to find somewhere to put a ninety thousand seat stadium but when you're putting a two or three thousand or ten thousand seat stadiums, much easier to put that on a campus. And I think that's, yeah. you know, one of the nice things about, you know, the FCS schools. Yeah. And it just depends where you are. You know, it like I said, Indiana State, that's about a mile and a half away from campus. And they're always there's always rumors are trying to move it to campus and put it somewhere. I mean, I think Indiana State would be perfect for a four thousand five thousand seat stadium football stadium it would make a lot of sense they don't get a lot of fans to the games you go down to southern illinois that's a different story they get about ten thousand people to a game on on a good day so 
Uh, just depends where you are. Depends how your program is. You know, like Eastern Illinois, you're talking like not a very fancy stadium, but Tony Romo played there, and I believe the Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo also played there. Yeah, uh, I think so. so yeah, you, you got some some NFL stars that have gone to your school, so you have that sense of pride. Uh, very, and you know, it's uh, you know something to kind of push. Uh, towards you know future generations and you know just depends the town you're in if the town supports your football program and the football program and the school is nice to your your town you know it's the thing to do and you're right it can be a lot of fun tailgating for certain generations or or even alumni it's it's a tradition you do every saturday why why would you not what else are you going to do in some of these towns that are far away from the, the nearest big city or interstate even at times so well, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the examples that I can think of that uh, it's an FBS school and an FCS school that are like 10 miles apart. Okay. And that would be Washington State University and the University of Idaho, which is in Moscow, <laughs> Moscow. Uh, uh, and they're literally about eight miles apart. Now, Idaho moved up to the FBS, got beat to death moved back down to the FCS, and now they're one of the top teams in the FCS. Now, the campus is literally, you know, you can drive between the two campuses in five or ten minutes. You know, now I don't know what the population as far as the enrollment is at Washington State, but it's a lot bigger than the University of Idaho, I can tell you that. Um, But the Kibbe Dome, you know, it's the, the Dome Stadium's, we're talking about fifteen to twenty thousand as far as how big they are. Uh, now the the one I do you would ask about traditions and I do have to mention Northern Arizona University uh, is in uh, Flagstaff up in the mountain up above Phoenix, and they uh, do the lumberjacks. Okay, they have a guy come out to the midfield before the game with an axe dressed up like a lumberjack, and guess what? He knocks the stump and it falls in half, okay? After a touchdown, they start a chainsaw, and it cuts through some wood, you know, and it makes little wafers, wood wafers, and they distribute those to people in the crowd. And so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting... <laughs> one of the people who start a, throwing them on the field. A chainsaw in an indoor stadium, that's loud. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you know, you're talking about traditions. Like, um, some of the le- most legendary uh, college rivalries are at this level. Uh, we had mentioned really briefly Harvard Yale. Uh, oh yeah, uh, one of the yeah, that's that's over a hundred years old, and probably one of maybe they call it the game. So it's one of the biggest games out there. And like you said, uh, Yale Stadium, Yale Bowl seats sixty five thousand people, and it is nearly sold out. It's not quite the draw it was back in the day but they still fill up that place when it's at harvard uh harvard seats about thirty-three thousand, and that's that's packed to the rafters for that game and uh they've held and it you, you have, in neutral sites too yeah right around the holidays you've got southern plays uh grambling and they yes. play in the superdome and it's a sellout again yeah. i don't know after halftime how many people have left but you're talking about a battle of the bands. Battle of the bands years. there, huh? Ooh. Yeah, so so that's a party in New Orleans. <laughs> so, 
So those would be, uh, you know, the things that come to my mind as far as traditions and so forth. Um, just looking to see if there's anything else I could bring up that we haven't talked about. Oh, uh, as far as some of the unique stadiums, uh, they got a couple that come to mind. Uh, the first is actually Eastern Washington University, which is in Cheney, Washington. Their field is red, and it is called the Inferno. So when you cut your TV on and you see a red field, you know you're in Cheney, Washington. <laughs> the is it bright red light, or is it a... I'm trying to picture that stadium in my mind. I can't do it. Is it uh, it's right called Ruse Stadium, and it's red red turf with white, you know, markings as far as the sideline and all that. Now the other one, and this one I have been to in person, uh, is Central Arkansas. Okay, just north, a little bit north of of Little Rock. Silver and purple alternating. Every five yards, five yards of silver, five yards of purple. <laughs> I think I'd fall down if I tried you, to run on that. You want to, yeah, try to picture that one. You'll have to look at my review of that stadium. Uh, it was it was something else to see. <laughs> I mean, your eyes definitely had to readjust after that game. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they said they were going to have to replace the turf, and they asked the guy if it cost any more to do colors than it did to do green, and they said, no, you know. And, of course, I'm sure there was a deal there, like, okay, we'll do you a new, unique thing and give it to you the price for one color. And, you know, kind of put them on the map. Why not, right? Gives, gives your program a little notoriety there. Well, and that game was 58 to 55 was the final score at the game. And they had three three kickoffs in a row returned 100 or more yards for a touchdown in that game. <laughs> no defense whatsoever in that game. But you didn't leave until the game was over. <laughs> so... All right, so I guess uh, that's a great place to wrap up our conversation, at FCS. Um, okay. So, so Lloyd, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, you always have some interesting travels on your agenda. You got anywhere coming up soon that you're heading to? Uh, well, I'm going to to Utah. Uh, the 18th is my last game that I'm doing at, uh, for the FCS this year. That's in St. George, Utah. It's like closer to Las Vegas than it is to Salt Lake City. And I thought, well, what's the temperature going to be there? You know, because it's really a desert setting. I looked and it's like 40 degrees there in November. So I'm considering myself lucky on that. Uh, so I've really made it throughout the season, you know, without freezing to death. Now, you know, part of that's because I'm going to indoor stadiums, but uh you know, next year, I, I really hadn't decided, you know, what's new for next year. Because I, I don't know if you'd mentioned, um, after this season, we'll have reviewed every stadium in the FCS. Now, that really? being said, some of those reviews are 10 or more years old. So maybe next year I'll start to catch up some okay. of those. I mean, these these are areas where we don't have, you know, reviewers. Very so honest. If you're watching if you're watching this podcast, you'd like to join the Stadium Journey team as a writer. We are always <laughs> looking for talented writers. Yeah, it's, even, it's, it's or even tough, marginally tough to get out there. Look at me. 
because I think <laughs> Jason Clark had done most of our reviews in that area. I don't know if you did. You know Jason? <laughs> I knew of Jason. Okay, <laughs> he he was the one that did the reviews for those Dakota area ones. Well, if you you just happen to hit it right, Lloyd, because if I was if I'm recalling correctly, last weekend there were a lot of snow games out in the Rocky Mountains, were there not? I I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. So, uh, Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? Dan Law eight three. All right, and uh, Mark, you got any? Stadium Journeys planned, and where can our listeners follow your travels? Yeah, you can follow me on Ballpark Hunter on Twitter and YouTube. And, um, yeah, I have uh, Junior Hockey, Ontario Hockey League, I believe, the 18th and 19th. Windsor Spitfires and Sarnia Sting. A friend of mine has a cottage in Sarnia, says I can stay there. So, Looking forward to going to Canada. It's been too long, and uh, I'm going to try something that apparently is a thing called Windsor-style pizza. When I asked you the question, Mark, I was not expecting you to say Canadian junior hockey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too far. I'm only four hours from Windsor, but yeah. I was so you are closer to Canada than I am? That does not sound right. It is. It, it wins, it Windsor. through you know. Detroit. <laughs> I was hoping uh, the Red Wings. Funny. The Red Wings are playing that day. They have a home game, but it's in. I think it's in Sweden. I was trying to get tickets or, or look for passes, and it wasn't popping up. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And well, they're it, on a road. They're in Sweden. That's a road trip, all right. They're playing over in Europe. I'm like, damn it, would like to check them out. So, not gonna. Right, that, that's really. I've got to recover from the fact that I am the farthest one from Canada here. Oh no, Dan is, but. Well, how far, how far does it take for you to get to um, I can get to Sherbrooke. It's probably the closest city to me, and that probably takes a good four hours, four and a half hours. Yeah, it's about the same. That's weird. You wouldn't, who would have guessed it, right? All yeah. Right, uh, <laughs> Dave, where can our listeners follow you, and uh, what do you got on the agenda? Uh, Wilfred Laurier Golden Hawks play in the OUA semifinals this weekend and hopefully, hopefully in the Yates Cup next weekend. So I will be there for that. Uh, basketball season tips off tomorrow and then, uh, got some hockey going on, of course, some Laurier hockey, but it's pretty much all Laurier until we meet again. Uh, check out the, uh, premiere of, the latest obstructed views on the Cleveland Browns. That's going to hit the uh, YouTube waves on November 1st. And you can follow me. YouTube threads, Instagram, X, Twitter, Twitter X, former Twitter <laughs> at profan nine. And how far are you from Canada, Dave? Uh, <laughs> not far enough. How far are you from the States? <laughs> Two hours. Two hours. Nice. All right. Let's see. What do I have coming up on the agenda? It is November, which is, as a PA announcer for me, this is my busiest month of the year. I think I have uh, something like 23 games in the month of November. So let's see. Um, this week, Thursday, uh, UMass Dartmouth Hockey. Uh, Friday is Brown Hockey. Saturday, I'll be hitting Bryant Football. And then uh, the Big East Soccer Tournament, I'll be doing some PA for them. Hopefully, I'm not hacking a lung up like this. And now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. 
I'll sound like I'll do it like Johnny. Up to the. Um, and uh, next week is it next week? No, next week is the final week of UMass Dartmouth football. So I got some Brown. I got all kind of Brown Providence College UMass Dartmouth. I'm announcing at one of those three pretty much every day the rest of the week, rest of the month. Follow uh, my journeys on Twitter or Instagram or Threads at Puckman RI. And remember, listeners, you can find all of our stadium reviews, our news items, and our other feature stories at the mothership, the website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels. The handle is at Stadium Journey. Like, follow, share. You can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcasts. If you're looking for video simulcasts of the Stadium Journey podcast, we're on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. Live streams, join us like our uh, good friend Gregory did today and our, our faraway friend Lloyd also. man, Thanks for joining us, Lloyd. That's That made me happy. Made me smile. Thank you. <laughs> no, the other Lloyd. He, oh, he was a little farther than you, Lloyd. But thank you, too, Lloyd. <laughs> thank you, too, Lloyd. Thank, thanks to all That's the Lloyds. cousin, Lloyd. Thanks to all the Lloyds who joined us. <laughs> anyway, uh, every other Tuesday night, 7 Eastern at DanLaw.tv. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. That, I believe, is November 13th. And uh, we will discuss the topic to be determined. And as always, thanks, everyone, for your support and for listening to us all year long. Thanks to Lloyd for joining us. And for the uh, the FCS conversation. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul. Wishing you all safe stadium journeys and close games. Hope to see you all on the road again real soon. Be safe out there.